أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله ربنا عالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين السلام عليكم brothers and sisters and welcome to uh, our second episode of uh, the tafsir of Dua Kumail if you've listened to the first episode you know that we discussed um, basically an answer to a very important question, which was, what is the fundamental reason why we do du'a? So inshallah, what we are going to do in this session or in this episode is that we are going to do a quick recap uh, of what we covered in the first episode. And then inshallah, we're gonna move on to what the word du'a itself means, the difference between that and nida and munajat, and also the story uh, behind Dua Kumail and how Dua Kumail even came to be. Who was Kumail, first of all? And second of all, what does it mean when we say Dua Kumail? Why is his name on this Dua, right? We have a number of Duas that have the names of certain companions on on the Dua. So, for example, um, we have uh, Dua Abi Hamza Thumali, right? Another one of the companions. So, what's the reason that uh, Kumail's name is on this uh, Before I continue, inshallah, if you are not following our Facebook page, you can go to Facebook and just you know search for Mizan Institute and follow our page. And inshallah, that way you can get all the updates on the courses, the podcasts, and also the online classes that are being offered. If you have an Instagram, then inshallah, you can follow our page on Instagram as well. And also, please check out MizanInstitute.org if you would like to host any of the courses that are there on the website. When you go onto the website, there's a tab that uh, that says courses and you can check out what courses Mizan Institute is offering and then you can uh, host a course in your local community uh, if you would like to do so. Okay, so let's go and understand what the word dua itself means um, and what difference does it have in Arabic with some of these other words that we've heard of, right? Because these supplications that we're familiar, like we are, you know, we constantly hear of, sometimes they refer to as dua, sometimes they refer to as munajat, right? Um, so what's the difference between these? In Arabic, um, this is something that you also find in other languages as well, but in Arabic to a little bit more of a further extent, what you find is uh, you will have different words to referring to the same concept, but from different aspects, right? So the word dua basically means to call someone. If I'm standing five feet away and I call someone, they call this dua because I called him, right? In Arabic, there are other words, right, that, that refer to the same idea of calling someone, but with specific details. So, for example, one of those words is nida. Nida is usually referred to when someone is being called from a further distance, right? A little bit further. And then we have another word, it's called munajat or najwa. And this basically means when someone is whispering or someone is speaking, but they're speaking so quietly, it's like they're whispering to someone. So it kind of denotes, uh, it has a connotation of the two people being very close to one another, right? and being very, um, you know, having close relationship with one another. So this dua, this is why, this is what the word dua means. It means that we're calling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And obviously the dua is known as dua kumail, 
right? Okay. So who was Khomein? Khomein we know was one of the famous companions of the first Imam and he was a very close companion of the first Imam. He was one of those companions that the Imam would share certain secrets with. And we're going to discuss what we mean more by those secrets. What are some of the things that the Imam was sharing with someone like Khomein that he wasn't necessarily sharing? with other companions of his because the companions of the imam just like the companions of the prophet those of them who were good people those of them who would follow the imam they even were at different levels and we have multiple ahadith about this actually the differences of the levels of different companions what was the difference between kumail and abu dhar for example and how they the the two of them had different capacities in terms of what they could be taught by imam ali and what they could learn from Imam Ali. Nonetheless, Kumail was one of those people who was, as the you know the terminology is Ashabu Sir. He was one of those people that the Imam would share some of his closer secrets uh, with him. Uh, how did this du'a come you know come into existence, and how did it come to be in the form that we know of it today? There's a couple of narrations in this regard. Um, and basically, the story goes something like this. Kumail is narrating. He says that this happened during the time of Imam Ali. He says that I was sitting there in the Masjid of Basra um, and the Imam was there. And when the Imam was there, obviously referring to the first Imam, he says that a group of people came to uh, Imam Ali and they started to ask him some questions, right? Specifically, they were asking him about a verse of the Quran that says, فِيهَا يُفْرَقُ كُلُّ أَمْرٍ حَكِيمٍ Speaking of a specific night in which on that night, everything is decided. Everything is basically ordained. So they asked the Imam about this verse of the Quran and the Imam responded, he said that this night is the night of the 15th of Sha'ban, right? Um, and then, of course, you know that the night of the 15th of Sha'ban is a special night in and of itself, regardless of the birth of the fifth, of the 12th Imam. It's a special night in and of itself, just like the nights of Qadr are special and the Shahadat of the, you know, the first Imam happened to uh, take place during those nights. But the nights are special themselves. And then the Imam continued in this, you know, conversation that he was having with these individuals. He says, on that night, everything, the good and the bad that a person is, uh, you know, uh, going to go through throughout that year. It's going to be decided on that night. And then he says this, and he says, on that night, there is no servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is going to stay up that night and is going to recite the dua of Prophet Khidr unless that his dua is going to be accepted. His dua is going to be uh, responded to. Okay, so... Imam Ali is here in the masjid, he's speaking to these individuals, he's telling them that if you recite this dua on the 15th of Sha'ban, that it's going to have this special, you know, effect, right? So, Kumail here, he's a little curious, right? He's trying to figure out what the Imam is talking about. So he says that this group of people, they went and they left the Imam and nighttime fell. And it was nighttime, I went to the house of the Imam and I asked him, I, I, I knocked on the door, he came to the door and he asked me, what is it that you've come for? He says, I asked the first Imam that I have come to learn the dua of Khidr. You were talking about the dua of Khidr today? Whoever recites it on the 15th of Sha'aban, 
that their du'a and their hajat are going to be responded to. Um, I've come to learn that du'a. And then the imam asks him to come in. He tells him, Kumail, sit down. He says, listen, I will explain this du'a to you. I will, you know, basically recite this du'a to you every Friday night or at least once a month or at least once a year or at least once in your lifetime. Recite this du'a. If you do that, then you will be protected. These are some of the effects that the imam has mentioned in this hadith. You will be affected from different calamities and different bala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will you know, increase your sustenance and his forgiveness uh, will always be there for you. And then the Imam adds this. Then the Imam says, Kumail, the reason why I am sharing this with you is because I know that you are one of our Ashab al-Sir. Because I know that you are one of our special companions. Okay, this is why I'm sharing with you. This is actually the last uh, line of the hadith. He says that the only reason why I'm accepting this request of yours to teach you this dua is because you spend a lot of time with us, right? And you sit and walk and talk with us. You spend time with us. This is why I'm sharing it with you. And this denotes something very special about dua kumil. That du'a kumil is not your typical, normal du'a. No, it's actually a very heavy du'a. It's a du'a that has certain concepts in it that are actually somewhat difficult to understand at times. And this is why you find actually that um, in this du'a there are lines that uh, need to be discussed and they need to be opened up. For example, you will find in this du'a where Imam Ali later on he's saying, Oh Allah, will you really take someone who has done sajda for you, someone who has believed in you, will you really place him in the hellfire? Okay, so we need to understand what the Imam actually means by that, right? But this is the reason why this is might be a little confusing for us is because this du'a is not a normal du'a. It's a heavy du'a. It's a du'a that takes explanation, right? Which is why the Imam is sharing it with Kumail and not just with everybody, right? Or for example, in some of the other lines of the du'a, what we find is that the Imam is telling, uh, well, he's not telling Kumail, but he's reciting in this du'a that if God were to put him in the hellfire, he would be okay with that. Or that if he would be okay with that, how would he be okay with being distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In other words, the Imam is saying that I can take this punishment of yours, but how would I take the idea of being away from you? Right? So these are these are lines that are not easy for us to understand. They're not easy for us to comprehend. They need to be explained. And this is probably exactly why you find that the Imam is not sharing this with everybody. He's sharing this du'a particularly with uh, Kumail. Right? Um, now, of course, in our communities, in our centers, our approach when it comes to du'a Kumail is the exact opposite of it. Right? Like we recite the du'a for years and years. Uh, forget about like, getting to the depth of it and understanding like you know deeply what the du'a means don't forget about that a lot of times we don't even know like the translation of the du'a right which really really bothers me personally anytime i go anywhere we recite either i'm reciting or someone else is reciting what's always running through my mind as we're going through the du'a is how many people here really know what this du'a is saying because it is such a deep du'a and it's such a wonderful du'a but most people have no idea what is being said, right? So 
this hadith shows us that dua kumun is actually a deep dua. It's not one. It's just. It's not like a normal dua that you recite. Oh Allah, give me sustenance and you know, help me with my children, and that's it. You're over. No, there's deeper concepts in here, right? Now, why is Imam Ali sharing this only with Kumail? Because the people of that time. Uh, don't look at it, you know, and compare yourself to the people of that time. No, the intellect of the human being has grown quite a bit. Today, you speak of these concepts, people can still digest it, right? But back in the day, there were a lot of things that the imams could not share with the people of their times, right? This is why the Prophet says, is a famous hadith from the Prophet. He says, Inna ma'ashir al-anbiya, us prophets, we, you know, the, the group of prophets that we are, we only speak to people to the extent of their intellect. Like we don't speak to them in a way where, in my words, they would freak out and they wouldn't know what's going on, right? You speak to certain people about certain things and they start to freak out sometimes. I've even had this experience myself where if I share certain things about the religion of Islam, right? About certain uh, rulings, for example, about then sometimes you will feel you'll see a person is very confused all of a sudden, right? Like he doesn't have the capacity to take it, and it doesn't mean like you know there's anything spiritually wrong with him or anything. No, it's just his level of understanding might might you know not be able to take certain things, and so um, you have to speak to individuals. And someone like me is also like this when it comes to other fields, for example. If someone wanted to talk to me about the medical field, that's that's exactly how I would feel, right? So. This is why the Imam is not sharing this, and this is a very common practice of the Ahlul Bayt, that they normally would not just share everything for everybody. No, they would look at who they are speaking to, and then they would share uh, if they had that capacity. So this is how Dua Kumail even came to be. The Imam recited this Dua for Kumail, and Kumail memorized this Dua, and he has narrated this Dua, and this is how we have access to this Dua today. So inshallah, uh, the next episode, we're going to delve right into the uh, first uh, lines of the dua. And it's beautiful how we start out. And we start to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the right of different attributes that he has. There's a reason behind that, right? So we'll discuss that in the next episode. Before I end, uh, inshallah, just a reminder that if you have not followed our page on Facebook, you can go ahead and do that. It's just Mizan Institute on Facebook and also our Instagram page. I believe it's Mizan.Institute. And finally, the website is MizanInstitute.org where you can host a course uh, locally from the courses that are being offered. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.